Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. And I'm Nancy Addison, your host. And this show is dedicated to sharing information that will inspire and inform a more conscious life that creates a healthier lifestyle. And this program takes a holistic approach to health and wellness, which means we look at all the areas of our life and how they are all connected. Well, today I'm coming to you live from Cape Town, South Africa. And I've been here about a week, and I've been visiting my friend Adele Good with All Good International, and we have been having all kinds of adventures here. My friend Adele has lived all over the world. I've visited her in France, in the Great Pyrenees, in the Midi Pyrenees, and also in Brazil, and now in South Africa, where she has... Uh, really found just a magical place to live. And uh, we're just going to talk during this show today about all the various aspects of traveling, living abroad, staying healthy when you travel, and also some more of the environmental aspects of uh, different places in the world and how conservation is so important, uh, how everyone is really no matter where I go, everyone is is becoming more aware of how uh, GMOs and chemical fertilizers and pesticides can affect the environment and how growing organically is so vitally important. So let's start off this show by saying, hi, Adele, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nancy. I'm glad to be back. One of the things that you told me before I came was that this was such a unique part of the world and that the way it was uh, has become what it is today, how it was settled, was so unique and different and that this area has uh, just a very, very diversified type of existence because of the types of oceans that come together, the fact that this was a place where uh, Europe and America, the ships would come by and be heading to the Spice Islands or India. And can you tell our listeners just a little bit about the history and why they did settle here and how that brought about this uh, big settlement that has an, an amazing uh, amount of diversity as far as plants goes Uh, gardening, food, things like that, and uh, also indigenous plants. Uh, I love Cape Town. So many people that have been here absolutely love it for so many reasons. And I suspect way back when it was first settled, that was also the case. Um, 
the Dutch actually first settled the Cape Town area and they were on their way to the Spice Islands. They had discovered the spices in India and that part of the world and they would go back and forth. And you know, I think I think that was sixteen fifty two when the first first right. Dutch settler came here was Jan van Rybeck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not remember that, but yes. So um, they realized this was a perfect place to plant vegetation so that they would have fresh vegetables and fresh fruit. So they left pioneers, we'll call them here, that settled in this area, which is absolutely beautiful area. The oceans come together. You mentioned the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean come together, and we're actually at the what they call the Southern Atlantic Ocean. Um, we're sitting in a hotel facing that beautiful, beautiful blue water. And the early settlers found this to be a perfect place. So they would they brought families here and got settled. And it was, um, it's and actually, you use the word magical, and that's the word top of mind for me when I think of, Cape, of South Africa and certainly Cape Town. So they um, planted here the language, the uh, South African language is extremely Dutch sounding. It looks like a Dutch language. Um, their words are, it's, it, we were at lunch earlier and Nancy, you said that sounds like Dutch. <laughs> so it's just very interesting, but, um, absolutely beautiful part of the world. They, the waters are very, very turbulent here and there are, um, Talk, talk about the ships that would come That's through amazing. here. That was just, it was fascinating listening to you talk about that the other day. Um, well, I just talked about how much turbulence there was and when they, would actually come in out of the storms. The, the the sand here, excuse me, the wind here is so fierce, especially we're in Glencairn right now, a little um, small area near Simonstown on the Cape of Good Hope. And right out in front of us is where the water, uh, this the wind here is extremely powerful. They call it the South Atlantic winds that just roar through. And you were mentioning the sand in your head or your scalp because it's, and that's a good block from the beach that can happen. So fierce winds. We're watching the wind surfers right now out there um, going by. It's so much wind. And so the, anyway, the boats would come into this area to, for protection and, so many of them sometimes from the fierce winds that they would be um, back to back side all lined up in a row in the harbor. And then when the winds came so bad in the harbor, so many of the boats were sunk. They were actually lost. And so there are hundreds of shipwrecks right out in this area, uh, which is kind of fascinating. Yes, it really is. And I I suppose some of the shipwrecked people all settled here, too. (laughs) Yes, that's a good point, yes. A lot of ship repairs done in this area. A lot of the big boats come and have their, uh, just a couple towns over, um, have their boats repaired in the harbor here because it's, that's just what this is about. A lot of fishing goes on here, a lot of um, shipbuilding and ship repair. And um, this hotel that we're in right now was actually um, very much used by people, you know, coming in, merchants that were on their way back and forth from Simonstown. There's a huge naval facility in Simonstown that um, has been there for, I think, I want to say it was the 1600s when that was started as well. So it's kind of interesting. That was interesting. And we drove by that the other day when we went down to see the rare African penguins that that live here. And Mm -hmm. that was really fantastic. And there are so many of them. And they're just (laughs) beautiful. And that was, it's a beautiful way that South Africa has created these beautiful nature reserves that 
allow these creatures in these areas, like there's a wetlands area right across from our hotel, and uh, it's a, a nature reserve. It's just pristine, and uh, and it allows people to come and see it and be a part of it, and yet it protects it. And so it's it's really quite remarkable. And I think over the years, what what I'm thinking is that a lot of these ships brought seeds from various parts of the world for their their people that lived here to grow food for them. So when their ships came by, they were able to restock and get healthy food for the rest of their trip. Exactly. And so there are a lot of heirloom plants here that may not be the same anywhere else because of GMOs or hybridizing seeds that change them. And one of the reasons I'm here, actually, is because I'm working on a couple of my new books, one on cancer and one on organic farming, and I wanted to look into these heirloom seeds and plants that still have that nutrient denseness that has been bred out of so many of the plants that were taken back to America or to Europe or different parts of the world. And so that's something that we're going to do in the next couple of days is we're going to go visit a few organic seed places. And uh, we're also going to go hike a, a rare area that's called Table Mountain that you're <laughs> excited about hiking um, I think head. where is it tomorrow we're going? I think it's tomorrow tomorrow morning <laughs> early, yes. So we're we're all excited, but tell us a little bit about Table Mountain. Well Table Mountain is known throughout the world. When people think Cape Town, that's what they see and visualize. And it's a massive mountain range. It's very large. I don't mean massive as in like the Rocky Mountains. It's not that big. But it's um, full of indigenous plants and over twenty two hundred of the species are supported up there in that one area, which is amazing to think that many different uh, plants. The, um, this whole area is considered an eco-region with a Mediterranean forest, so the, uh, wood, and with woodland scrub as well. So it's got a very unique look to the, to the vegetation, as well as some dense forest, of course. But it's an exception in the biodiversity that's here. There's over 8,500 plants that are actually species that are only found of Cape Floral, which is a, is a great number. 6,000 of those are endemic, which means unique to only to this region in the world. I find that fascinating. Many of these are cancer curing. I've worked with indigenous people all over the world in, in the Amazon as well as um, many places in South Africa, South America, excuse me, and um, as well as England and um, certainly here, traveling across, I, I took a month to travel across the country. And there are, as you know, Nancy, we've talked about some of the cancer plants that actually are made into teas and different things. And they totally support a healthy body and can rid cancer from the, the body, which is fascinating. Really, yes. And, and, and I think you know, that alone is so important to recognize. In fact, this area is so unique that it was declared one of the world's 34 biodiversified hotspots by UNESCO as a World Heritage Site. And so preservation here is so critical. But one of the things that you brought me when you came home for uh, Thanksgiving holidays was a box of cancer. Rooibos tea <laughs> with the cancer plant in it. 
And I, I found that so fascinating. And that was one of the reasons I started looking into this area and decided to come visit you here because I, I realized it has certain vitamins in it that have been bred out of plants by hybridization or by changing them and modifying them with GMO, uh, genetically modifying their seeds, that a lot of these very critical nutrients that support our health are here in these plants, but not necessarily in what we consider the same plant somewhere else. And so anyway, this has been a really fun health journey <laughs> coming here and uh, learning about the plants and, and seeing this unique type of landscape. And there, it's summer here, and there's been a lot of fires in the area. And so uh, the other day we were watching helicopters dip big buckets into the eco-reserve pond across the street and try to put out some of these brush fires that uh, have been raging in, in some of these areas. But today I see no fires and no. it did rain a little bit last night. So that was very welcome. And uh, so I'm looking forward to hiking Table Mountain, which I know is a big thing for many tourists who want to come here. And Thousands and thousands every day. And I know you're a big hiker, and so this area is a great area for people who want to travel and get exercise and do outdoor activities. And, you know, we've seen lots of bikers and runners and uh, all kinds of things. So this is, I told you the other day, this place reminds me a little bit of an African version of California. (laughs) Healthy, very healthy-minded group of people generally here which is wonderful very little obesity you probably haven't seen anyone i really have not seen a single person that was overweight here i mean even overweight not even grossly obese but not even overweight and so that's been you know really nice to um to come to a place that embraces uh, more healthy eating in fact the uh, little cafe you took me to where i got uh, this delicious cauliflower crust pizza. <laughs> you know, it had no carbohydrates in it. It had a lot of fresh food in that cafe, straight from the local farm. And I just have found that extremely refreshing. And uh, so many people here seem so knowledgeable about farming and trying to avoid the GMOs and eat more organically. And in fact, we went to a restaurant today that had all organic food. <laughs> And that was just wonderful. In fact, instead of a mall, here what they have are like little, it's almost like little farms where they have little shops and in little like little buildings that look like little cottages. Yes, very cute, quaint, a lot of art, a lot of uh, kid friendly, a lot of playground area. I love that part in a lot of dog friendly areas too. And they, we saw the goats for the goat milk cheese. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's a lovely um, part of this country. This, uh, it really, it really is. And then all the people we've met here from that have migrated here really from all over the world. You've really met so many interesting, fun people. Some of them married Afrikaners and moved here and other people um, just loved it so much they never left. Like me. (laughs) I leave occasionally but not very often. That's true. It's an easy place to fall in love with. 
people. So, you know, I just think when we want to be healthy and we want to be happy, so many people like to travel and see new places. And I know you've you've come up with some wonderful tips and tricks for healthier travel and and uh, also, you know, when you get somewhere, you know, some of the things that you do, can you kind of fill people in on how you economically can uh, have healthier things where you go and then also, uh, you know, maintain a budget and then also make sure that you have things that are, are what you would consider uh for restoring your health or maintaining your health while you're living in a different country that you may not be used to. And you've, and you've done that in quite a few places. <laughs> yes. Well, let me just briefly explain. Almost three years ago, I left the U.S., uh, got rid of almost everything I had. Uh, there's just a small amount, like a closet size container, um, little storage unit that has um, really more papers and photos than anything. But I have I moved from there to Europe and spent a year in Europe, um, all over England, Bosnia. I helped excavate the pyramids, uh, Germany, Belgium, um, Wales, and then spent up five months in France, which you visited me there. Wait, I have to stop you a uh, minute because our listeners are going to go, "What? There are pyramids in oh, France all right. and uh, Bosnia?" <laughs> yes, there are over seven. There's five that have been proven, but there's actually many more. There are pyramids and temples that are hidden below at least eight or nine feet of vegetation, and they're fascinating. They're um, double-made. They're, they're stones made of rectangular stones that are actually concrete in many cases, which is rather interesting. And the visitor, visitors might say, no, the Romans invented concrete 2,000 years ago. Well, that may be what we think at this point, but the pyramids are over 36,000 years old, proven. So if you want to research and Google that a little bit, you may find some information that says what I'm saying is a lie, an untruth. It may say that Samir Osmanagic, the man who discovered them in 2005, is a um, is not accurate and I beg to differ completely I've been there three times they're absolutely amazing so um, yeah that kind of that was part of my journey I had already been traveling in Peru and Mexico and I um, spent some, quite a bit of time in um, that part of the world and then so I spent a year in Europe and then went on finished up in Italy and Sicily or excuse me in Istanbul also ancient ancient places, sacred sites all over them, left and we went back to South America where I lived in Peru and Bolivia and then Brazil. And then I'd had a calling and I listened to my higher self very often that it was to come to South Africa. I'd met Michael Tellinger in Bosnia and he's quite well known in this part of the world for um, something called Adam's Calendar and the millions of stone circles that are outside of Johannesburg near Nelspruit. And I just flew in from there. Nancy flew to Cape Town and I flew to um, at, to that part of the country for a little bit. I had some more research I wanted to do. And um, Adam's calendar is what it sounds like. It's an ancient calendar. They say at least 100 plus thousand years old. And it's a um, calendar kind of like a time, what are they called? Time, um, stone, time, um, they're all over the world. The stone like Stonehenge or? It's that idea, yes. Much um, smaller stones, but probably much more powerful. Certainly much more powerful than Stonehenge today as we see it after all the changes and different things that have been done to it. But Adam's calendar is fascinating. So um, anyway, I took 
when I came to South Africa uh, about five months ago, I took a month-long journey with a man named Dean Laprini, and we're actually having dinner with Dean and his wife in a couple of days. But Dean uh, has done a lot of research and discovery of the sacred sites in this beautiful country. So I was blessed to be in a very small group with he and some others from all over the world, other people such as me that are curious about these ancient sites. So when I got to South Africa to this beautiful hotel, I decided to stay. And you'd ask about how do you travel economically and make healthier choices and such. And one of the ways I have learned is to find a place such as a beautiful hotel or even a bed and breakfast that will allow long-term visitors. Then I rent my room here for the month, by the month, which is beautiful. I'm on the beach. There's a restaurant downstairs. The maid comes in just once a week instead of daily, which keeps the expenses down. I have access to a refrigerator, not really a kitchen, but a refrigerator. So I can go to the local produce area, local markets and buy fresh produce, which is often organic. Um, I One thing that I, I love to do is, and I've since I believe it was 19... 91 when I got my first reverse osmosis machine and our family bought it and I had it put in our kitchen in our sink in our kitchen and so I I drink reverse osmosis water and I was able to get a container that I put the water in. I, the malls here, they're very conscious about that. So the, the local mall has a place where you can buy it and it cost about 20 rand which is a dollar fifty to fill up a twenty liter container. So it's extremely economical, and it's much better water than tap water because, sadly, South Africa also has fluoride in it, such as our water in the United States, which is very sad to hear. So um, there are ways to get around that, and one of them is to to do the the machine or to have the bottled water that way. And the um, of course the plastic is much safer than just drinking bottled water all the time. So. Um, yeah, those yeah, are just a few little things. That, those are all great tips. And well, I want to talk about breakfast today because I had the most amazing. It was called. I don't eat. Uh, I eat a lot of raw vegetables, but I, I'm not considered a raw foodist foodie. But um, I had something called the raw breakfast this morning, and it was a work of art. It was. Uh, there were two pieces of of a whole grain rye bread, but on top of that was avocado rocket, which is a form of lettuce found also, I, I've had that quite a bit which in England. Which is similar to arugula. It is, yes. It has a little bit of a bitterness, but it's a delicious lettuce. Well, and it's that bitter flavor mm-hmm. that is the vitamin that is missing from so many foods that were hybrid out or, or genetically modified. And that is one of the healing vitamins that I'm researching right now. That's wonderful. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, Nancy. That's, that's, <laughs> it, is, it's, it is a little bitter, but it's still delicious. But the salad, and then it had a balsamic with all kinds of seeds and, and um, sprouts. It was and beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was about eight inches tall, and it was just beautiful. And so it was a lovely way to start a day um, in a beautiful little cafe that we found. I, so. will, I will second that. And really, one of the things that I found that we both do is that we get fresh vegetables and we chop them up and we will put them in baggies and we will take those with us when we travel so that if you get hungry and you're in a pinch, you don't have to resort to eating some of those very unhealthy processed foods that are so prevalent. Especially in our airports around the world. (laughs) It's terrible. And, And it is unfortunate. And then I also carry my own 
And I know you do too. too. My own salt with me so that I have a good mineral rich salt with me that has got uh, everything in it that I need in order to raise my pH and hydrate better. And also if you get stuffy from traveling with the the air being circulated constantly in those air uh, airplanes, you can put a tiny bit under your tongue and it just opens up your nasal passages. In fact, right here in the hotel, one of the ladies that works here was feeling really sick this morning. And I gave her a packet of my salt to gargle with, um, but also to put a little under her tongue so that that would, because so many times people don't realize this, but when they get sick, a lot of times it's because they have a lack of minerals in their in their system, but it's also they're chronically dehydrated and they don't realize it. And many people you know, are drinking bottled water or reverse osmosis water, and just the process of reverse osmosis alone, or, or any kind of processing at all, it makes the water acidic. It may remove all of the bad things that you don't want in, like the fluoride that is a uh, accumulative poison that concentrates itself in in your bones and things like that, uh, or the of chlorine, which is was the first poison they developed for warfare and is a known carcinogen. So you know it may take those out, but it also takes out all the good minerals and. You know, a lot of people call those the electrolytes, but electrolyte is simply a fancy medical term for the word salt. Um, I think most people, and this is really amazing how it's been worldwide, but most people have grown up in the last 50 years using salt that has had all the minerals taken out of it. And, uh, and that is not the same type of salt that is the mineral-rich salt that I'm talking about that I carry with me. This this empty salt has had all the minerals taken out of it. It's been bleached. It's had high-fructose corn syrup added to it and preservatives. And your body truly reads that like a poison. And I think that's why so many medical doctors put their patients on low-salt diets because they aren't recognizing the fact that there are different types of salt and they're assuming they're all the same and so um, there's a, a study that I cite in my uh, my how to be a healthy vegetarian book and in how to uh, diabetes in your diet but it was a study in the Netherlands and here we are talking about the Dutch and <laughs> Cape Town, but it was a very comprehensive study in the Netherlands on salt and high blood pressure. And they, and you know, so many people tell me, but I have high blood pressure, I'm not supposed to eat salt. Well, they did this study and they divided the group in half, and the, all these people were on a high blood pressure medication, and it was all ages and both sexes, and it was very comprehensive. And at the end of the study, they found the people that had changed one thing in their diet. They had taken them off their hyperlight pressure medication, and they had changed one ingredient in their diet. They'd had them use mineral-rich sea salt instead of white refined salt. And the group that was not using medication but using mineral-rich sea salt had as good a blood pressure as the people on medication But then they didn't have to deal with any of the side effects that those medications cause. So, you know, that's just something to be 
uh, conscious of. And as we've been here in Cape Town, we've seen some local salts that are mined here that are mineral rich. And, you know, but we still, when we travel, we carry those salts with us. And I know... Uh, I gave you a pack of that to bring back. Yep. So you that, keep me well supplied in that. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. And everyone goes, what is that? I say, oh, it's my secret salt from Nancy. And it's so healthy. And I think that's part of the reason I haven't been sick in years. It's you know high in, high in things like magnesium, which I think are just critical for people's health, helping them sleep, helping them uh, not get leg cramps or or things like that, and I think that's really important when you travel because a lot of people get restless leg or uh, muscle cramps, and so I think having your own salt with you when you travel to make sure you've got enough magnesium is important. But one of the reasons I gave it to this lady today because she was not feeling well is so many diseases and illnesses are caused from chronic intercellular dehydration, and when we drink water, especially water that's been purified or doesn't have minerals in it we need those electrolytes we need those minerals in order to actually absorb the water effectively and of course here in the summer in cape town south africa we are very conscious about drinking enough water and making sure that i always tell people i, I know you do this too is uh, add a pinch of sea salt to your mm-hmm. water so that you've got those electrolytes and you're able to hydrate really well and I know we're going to take that water with us when we climb Table Mountain tomorrow. Yes, we will. <laughs> and if you're traveling and you're not going as far as South Africa, you can also buy some of these filters like a zero water filter or something like that. You can take with you, put it in your hotel room, and you can pour the water through that and not have to be buying bottled water out of these plastic bottles, which are not environmentally sound because there is such a huge pollutant in the world and they also affect our hormones because they are such a high estrogen effect on on our body so you know i think all of that is so important when we travel or when we're in other countries because a lot of people i think really don't travel because they're concerned about you know are you going to be able to drink the water when you get there and, you know, can you eat the salad? Right. And so, you know, what do you have any any tips for that? Well, I've I've been blessed. I've lived in countries like that. I traveled extensively in Mexico um, just last uh, less than a year ago. I spent five weeks there traveling deep into the south of Chiapas all over the country by myself. Rented a car and did that in Mexico City and just drove all over. And I was buying fruit off the side of the road and eating it. And I ate the salads. Um I think part of it is that I've traveled enough living in South America that um, my my system is pretty strong. And I feel, the, for me, the value of having that fresh raw produce is much healthier than the consequences that I don't seem to have trouble with. So um, I'm not saying I don't rinse fruit and vegetables, of course, that I buy, yet I I do allow myself to eat the food um, pretty well, much anywhere in the world. I, now, I haven't done India, so not sure there I would. <laughs> Well, I have seen that you have apple cider vinegar. I do. And so do you clean your fruits and vegetables before you eat it with apple cider vinegar? Yes, of course. That's just one of the best germ killers there is. And I think, you know, um, you're only allowed to travel with so many fluids these days when you travel on an airplane. But I think when you get somewhere, you can buy some. I bought my Bragg's here. It was extremely expensive. 
but I bought it. They're organic shops. There's one in a village, a couple uh, beaches over, I'll call it. (laughs) And um, I was able to get that. I was able to get um, a good, healthy olive oil as well as balsamic vinegar. And there's lots of things like that that we can get here. We were just in one of those type shops. and, And they had something, Nancy, that you were amazed by, a fruit I hadn't heard of. Started with right. a B, Baba Bos um, or something like that. Baobab fruit, and it was. I, I was impressed with this store. We were in um, Scarborough, Scarborough, which is just a darling town, and they had a organic store mm-hmm. in organic cafe, and at a huge beach with lots of young surfers <laughs> and windsurfers. There was um, a different diversity of products, diversity of products that I'm not used to seeing. And so I saw Zeolite there that had a different label on it than the one I usually order at home, which is a great detoxifier that is able to pull things like heavy metals and even radiation out of your body. And um, that's one of the things that I showed you when I was there because I didn't realize they sold at places like this. And I've been using it for years to help pull toxins out of my body, and I have a lot of my clients who have had chemo and things like that, radiation. I have them use that in order to help detox their body after they've gone through uh, some of those treatments. And so I think it's just important, regardless of where we are in the world or what we're doing, to just constantly be... detoxifying our body because we pick up germs from door handles we breathe in germs when we're you know in places where the air conditioning is circulating you know people's coughs or or whatever and so I think when we do travel I, I will carry a baggie with me that has my cleanse in it which I talk about in all my books and uh I just think is one of the most important things that I do on a daily basis. And I've really done this probably 27, 28 years, but I raised my children doing this, but making sure you have green, uh, green foods in your diet. And I use a green food powder and they had some of that at the store today. They had barley grass powder, raw barley grass powder. They had raw wheat, wheat uh, powder, but I just mix that with an equal amount of like psyllium husks and uh, you can even add a little zeolite to that but I'll just keep it in a baggie and travel with it and even when my children were little I'd say okay it's time for your barley green and husks (laughs) and I just get a big teaspoon out and make them drink down uh, some of that with some water and then follow up after that with a huge glass of water because you know, if you mix this up, the psyllium has to expand really fast. And you, if, you, if you put it in too much water, you're drinking down a big glass of goop. Yes, it's goopy. That is true. And so I always like mix it quick, drink it down just like it's medicine or something, and then follow it up with the water so that you uh, are, are able to really wash that cleanse down through your system because the psyllium has are going to expand. 
And if you don't have enough water with that, they'll get hard. And so you want to always have enough water with that so that it keeps moving through your body. But what happens is the green food powders or the green salads we've been eating, Mm -hmm. all those greens, they're high antioxidant. And they go in the cell and they'll flush out all the toxins and the bacteria that maybe you picked up wherever you are. And if you don't have some fiber in there to soak up those toxins, then just float around your body and go right back in your cells. <laughs> so I think the fiber is one of the most critical parts of this cleanse. And so that is going to absorb all of the toxins and things that the acids that the greens are flushing out. And it's going to get it effectively out of your body. And that's the key. You want to get it out out of your body. And I think that's why, you know, when I traveled with my children to India and uh, Borneo when they were about seven or eight years old, maybe 10 years old, they they, we never got sick. And I think, uh, you know, just a combination of things of staying hydrated, making sure you have enough of high nutrient-dense, antioxidant-dense food like the greens. So maybe if you are in a place where you cannot eat the salad or the greens because you haven't been able to clean them effectively, if you have that green food powder with you, you're able to get those greens into your body effectively and in a healthy way and maintain your health. So, you know, just a few tips and tricks from traveling. <laughs> well, and I've used barley greens for years as well. That's a, um, and psyllium husk, that's a great um, addition to a diet and just eating healthier. And it's a great meal in a pinch if you can't get out, if you're in a hotel room and you need something to eat. You've got a busy day ahead. Can't get to breakfast. Absolutely. In fact, over the holidays, like Christmas holidays or something like that, if I'm, you know, got a big packed day and I'm rushing from one thing to another and I know I'm going to go to a party, for instance, that may not have the healthiest food or may not even have food that I don't feel like I'm, I want to eat. Maybe it's, you know, a lot of sugar foods or I'm a vegetarian. Maybe there's not going to be things that I feel really comfortable eating because I'm not sure if there's any meat in it or not. So a lot of times I'll avoid that. I'll have one of these uh, glassfuls of of what I call my cleanse before I go to the party so that I'm not eating stuff I don't want out of uh, being hungry. And so frequently when I go travel, I'll have one before I leave the house so that I know I'm not going to end up at the airport eating out of... um, out of pain of hunger and, and resorting to processed foods or things that might be microwaved or things like that. And uh, so anyway, it's just, yeah, it's just a good kind of thing to keep on hand and, uh, and it's good in a pinch, especially yeah. when you're traveling in third world countries. That's right. <laughs> Well, and I'm so excited about, also, we're going to go to a a nature reserve soon and, you know, view some of the the beautiful animals here. There are so many places around Africa where they fence in the animals for people to come over and just, like, target shoot them. And this is not one of those places. And, in fact, uh, we were being told today that they have, uh, successfully rescued a black rhino. Was it was a black, black rhino? I think it was white. Or I a, can't remember. It was, it was a, a, a male rhino. Yes. And 
this male rhino had um, uh, had some children here on the reserve because they had the female rhinos, but without a male, you can't propagate the population. And of course, they're so endangered. So we're really excited that we get to see a bunch of baby rhinos here at yeah. the reserve and, um, and then travel on to a a sustainable farm where you know a lady where this is where you're moving I am I'll be there at least two or three months and I'm really excited it's absolutely exquisitely beautiful in the mountains and um, with a private um, river and little magical woods and and it's very sustainable the uh, it's an organic garden quite large last time I was there there were I would say thousands, but I will say hundreds of strawberry plants. So hopefully that we can eat some organic strawberries soon. And um, it's just a beautiful place tucked away in the mountains with a wild cat reserve across uh, in the area. So we'll be visiting that as well. And, um, yeah, this place is magical. So it's beautiful. Very, it looks adobe-ish. It looks very uh, much like something you'd see in New Mexico. But it's nestled among magical mountains that are... Um, I call many of the mountains here temples. Um, there's just too many similarities in some of the things I'm discovering. So it's in the middle of that, uh, not too far from the ocean, very close to where the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean come together in a, um, with the warm water and the colder water together. So very special place we'll be going, and it is Sustainable Echo Farm. I think that's fantastic, and uh, I know there are quite a few of these types of places around the world where I think people can go and spend uh, a week or a month and and really enjoy the local area, and one thing I've noticed as I've gone to visit you places, it's very different when you go and stay with someone who's living there than <laughs> if you just go and see it from a hotel point of view. And I think that has made such a big difference for my experiences when going and visiting you in some of these places because I, I have a whole different experience from that. And the fact that you've met some of the local people and you, you know where we've, we've gone and found local organic farmers markets. And uh, we went to a church meeting last night and met some delightful people who have told us about some other wonderful organic markets that we could go to or organic nurseries where we can go find some heirloom seeds that I'm going to see about possibly, you know, how can I import those? Uh, so, you know, looking into some of these various aspects of importing heirloom nutrient-dense seeds to various countries. I know there are ways, and so we're just going to have to look into that. Uh, and then just the dis different aspects of of being somewhere where you don't feel like a tourist, you know. That <laughs> and even Table Mountain, that is the most touristy thing we will do. And you cannot come to Cape Town and not go to Table Mountain. But other than that, most of what we're doing is behind the scenes and um, not on the tur typical tourist track. So that makes to me that's what I enjoy is getting living in a culture for at least four or five, six months, maybe longer. I was in Brazil over a year and getting to be a part of that culture, knowing the locals, also getting to meet people as they come in to visit a little bit, but mainly the locals and um, being in their beautiful homes and seeing how they live and 
um, their accents and their language and the culture and the religious part of it. It's uh, In Bosnia, I lived with a Muslim woman, and it was just fascinating for three months. Actually, I've stayed with her many times. And just to see the culture is, is um, very eye-opening in a beautiful way. And I think from the one of the reasons I left the United States is I didn't feel comfortable with some of the news that I was hearing. And, and my, my poor 93-year-old mother, who reads the paper constantly and watches television the rest of the time, is always worried about me and almost everywhere I've gone because there's something dangerous about every country, she says, that, that I'm in. And um, I find that very interesting because I have yet to see or be involved in anything that I consider dangerous in any way, shape, or form. And I'm living in Cape Town, which is supposedly a very dangerous environment. And Nancy, do you feel in any way threatened as we've driven all around this city and uh, walked around and been at the beach alone and you know, it's really it's really interesting because I I did have quite a few people tell me before I came here that I need to be careful and wary and uh, watch out and all these different things. And it's not that we do things that are not careful. It's just that we really haven't felt or been in any place that we felt was dangerous and you know I went to the beach and I actually fell asleep one day on the beach and I almost got covered up with sand from the wind (laughs) (laughs) blowing the sand on me but uh, it was so peaceful and of course it's right across the street from the hotel and I've walked through the wetlands across the street all by myself barefoot in fact one of the things I really enjoyed being around this area was that it almost reminds me of the 60s i see people barefoot there's no any kind of ostentatiousness Mm -hmm. about it it's not capitalistic feeling it's much more comfortably laid back everyone's so nice to each other and talks to each other i'm at the coffee shop i know nobody and you aren't here yet and yet i'm having all of these people come up and talk to me and tell me wonderful things and ask me if you know they can provide me with any kind of information or and I ended up ta- I ended up sitting uh, both times I went to one of the local cafes with four or five fascinating people. Uh, some of them who didn't even know each other before they sat down with me, <laughs> and we ended up I I ended up feeling like I truly have some friends here, and it was it was really refreshing. And it's different ages and different cultures and different you know, ethnicities and everything, and it really was delightful, and I've really enjoyed that aspect, and of course, you and I have rented cars all over the world, in Mexico, Brazil, and now here in South Africa, in France, and yeah. just driven, and you're driving on the left-hand side <laughs> of the road, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you are becoming so ambidextrous. So ambidextrous doing that. But, you know, one of the things that I think is about health and and being happy is doing what your passion leads you to do. And then also, not, you know, we are careful. We we are, um, you know, we don't walk around with our purse hanging open and, you know, we lock up our passport at the hotel and things like that. But, but yet, we do live our lives, and we don't live in fear. And I think living in fear is one of the things that I 
think keeps people from being happy mm-hmm. and having what they would like to have as their life. And so here, now that we're in 2017, I would really like to encourage people to step outside their box, possibly get a friend to go with you and do something you've always dreamed of and really embrace life and you know, even if it's smiling at someone and talking to, you know, maybe a, a different person at your local coffee shop that you, you know, always thought looked like a nice person and you always wondered, you know, what their name was, you know, just kind of do something that makes your heart feel happy. And I cannot believe it, but I think we're at the end of our show here. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, we're going to have another one next week. But Adele, thank you so much for being on the show today. And can you tell everybody kind of quickly how they can get hold of you and um, maybe a parting thought? All right. Um, my company name is All Good International, and that's a dot com. I do energy work. I have traveled the world extensively um, over the last many, most of my lifetime. I'm 60, so over many, many years. And I have found traveling alone. I do want to say traveling alone, you meet so many more people because you're not engaged with someone else in conversation. So I think that's a really big tip for people who are afraid. I've traveled extensively by myself. I often have friends come meet me when I've kind of forged the way a little bit. And, and it's it's wonderful and fun for me to have visitors as well as to be there by myself. So um, I have, I'm finishing up getting a book published called, not my sixth or seventh, Nancy, but my first real <laughs> book, and it's Ultimate Travel for Entrepreneurs. It's about how to travel the world in luxury. Um, I've enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, this is Nancy Addison, and you can find my website, organichealthylifestyle.com, find my five books, six books at Amazon if you go to Nancy Addison Author on Amazon. You know, I just want to say that I encourage you to embrace your life. Put a smile on your face. Try to find those little things in everyday moments that will make your heart sing. Try to find that peace in in what you're doing. And if someone has harmed or hurt you emotionally or physically, Try to find the love in your heart to help release that because it's not helping you to carry that around and they don't, it's probably not bothering them at all. So what I always say is how you do anything is how you do everything. So as you go through your life and you touch the people around you, just remember to add that main ingredient and the main ingredient is always love. Love.